uh, one time of the year where uh, you get both sides of the family together. The mom's side and the dad's side or the step side and the biological side, what, just sides coming together. And I love what we got going on here this morning. We got the 830 side and the 1045 side of our family coming together right here. And it, it's good. Um, somebody said uh, we need to do this more than just once a year. It's good to see everybody from, from the other services. So uh, this is good. Uh, I love this. Um, you know, part of the Christmas story is the gifts that the, uh, the three wise men coming from way out far in, in the Middle East and, and bringing three presents to the, the, the child king, the baby Jesus, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And these were very expensive, highly costly gifts that they were giving this poor family. And they were not giving Jesus anything that they thought that he needed, nor were they giving these things to him so that they could hopefully get something back in return. What these gifts were, were intensifiers of their worship of him. By doing this, they were essentially saying, I desire you, not your things, not these things. And so by giving you what you do not need and what I might enjoy most, I seek to desire you more and to be fully satisfied in you. This is the attitude we should all have whenever we worship God through our giving. Uh, ushers, if you would come down right now, that's the part of the service that we are, are, have come to right now. And so whenever we give of, of our resources, of our finances to God, we shouldn't do it as a, a way for us to get something back from God in return, nor should we do it just out of begrudging obedience. But we do this as an intensifier of our worship. Because many of us know money is the thing that could most easily capture our hearts and get in the way of our relationship with God. And so by giving it like this, we're telling God, I'm giving you what I know that you don't need, but what I might desire so that I might desire you and be satisfied in you even more. And so that's what we're going to do right now. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do desire you. God, we thank you for the time that we can come together like this as a church family and, and celebrate the greatest gift that has ever been given to mankind, which is simply the gift of yourself and the gift of salvation. And Lord, we give you things not because you are uh, a God who is served by human hands, not because there is anything you need. God, you own everything. But God, we give to you just as the wise men did, just to intensify our worship of you. God, by giving up things that may capture our hearts, that our hearts might be captured by you even more. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just accept our gift of worship to you right now, that you would use it to accomplish your purposes in this church body. Jesus, we love you. And we honor you and we worship you. In your name we pray. Amen.
from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. I'm not going to keep you all long uh, this morning with some long-winded sermon, but I do have just a brief word to share with you on this, this day that we celebrate the birth of our Lord you know, as a young boy, Christmas was the one day of the year that I looked forward to more than any other by far. Like most kids, I wouldn't be able to sleep Christmas Eve, not before. I was just too excited uh, thinking about walking into the living room the next morning. <laughs> Got a helper up here. I was just too excited thinking about walking into the living room to see what all I would find sitting there under the Christmas tree. Of course, opening gifts is one of the most enjoyable experiences a kid can have. And one of the best things about Christmas when I was growing up in my family was that once the presents were all opened that morning, there was this excitement that still continued because you knew that there was still more yet to come. Because after that, we would all pack up and, and go to my grandparents' house and, and spend time with my family on, on my, my dad's side, where I would join all my, my cousins and aunts and uncles and everyone else, and we would open more presents there. 
But then once that was done, there was still more to come as we would spend the evening with the family on my mother's side and opening even more gifts. And so the the whole day on Christmas, you carried this excited anticipation about what was going to come next. It's that same anticipation that I know some of you have right now. I mean, we're not even halfway through Christmas Day, and there's still a lot that is yet to happen, that is more to come with, with some of you. Now that I'm a parent, I so enjoy watching my kids go through that same kind of excitement. And if you're a parent, you know that it seems now that you get more joy out of watching them open presents that you give them more so than you did the joy that you got opening presents yourself when you were a kid. You know, one of the neatest things about being a Christian is that once we are saved and brought into a relationship with the living God through faith in Jesus, the rest of our lives get to be this Christmas Day anticipation of what is going to come next. Because the moment you are saved... The moment we put our faith in Jesus and brought into relationship with him, we begin opening gifts by discovering different aspects of who God is, what he has done through Jesus, and who he has made us. We don't find everything out right at the front all at once. God is too multifaceted and too deep for us to know everything about him in this life. And so he has given us all of eternity with him to continue to discover things about him. Our journey with him in this world involves new discoveries of him, new revelations of truth that are just as fun as opening presents all throughout Christmas Day. Most of us can probably remember a certain gift, a Christmas gift that stands out to us uh, more so than others. We can probably remember exactly how old we were when we got that gift, what year that was, and and remember the emotions that we felt opening that particular gift and all the, even some of the smells, just all the details of it. For me, it would be the Dallas Cowboy-themed bicycle that I got one year. (laughs) Or my very first, my very own 243 deer rifle. Man, that was magic. My kids, I think they're always going to remember last Christmas when, after they had opened all their presents, I told them to go out onto the back porch. And when they went out there, they sat there, waited, and then with excitement saw their mother speeding up in a go-kart that we had all bought for them. I should have brought the video of that. That was really good. (laughs) Those same kind of memorable gifts can be found in Jesus, too. As we follow him, I remember the day that I discovered his love and his mercy in ways that I never thought possible on June 26, 1994. It was several years after that that I came to understand what his grace really means that completely changed me. And then not long after that, it was a revelation of his sovereignty that left me absolutely in awe. These were life-changing moments, these little gifts that the Lord gave to me as I began to know him throughout my Christian life. You know, there are some Christmas gifts that we may receive that 
don't seem that great at first. And it may take us a little while to, to figure out what it is or to actually discover its true worth. I remember one Christmas in particular out at my grandparents' farm where she sat all of us, my grandmother sat all of us 15 cousins down on the floor together to pass out our gifts. But this year it was a whole lot different than the pretty wrap gift that we usually got. This year she handed us all a little brown paper sack. And in that sack was just some fruit, some nuts, and a few peppermints. She said... When she and my grandfather were children growing up, this is what they would have received for Christmas, and they would have absolutely loved it, and so she wanted us to experience what they did as kids, and every one of us are thinking, come on, (laughs) this is not 1930s in the middle of the Great Depression, and I remember all of us just thinking, what in the world is going on here? Because this is not like the presence that we are used to getting. Inside every one of those brown paper bags, everybody had a great big old walnut. And she told us, said, be sure that you crack open your walnut first. And when we did, we all found that there was a $100 bill inside of them. And she had taken the care of cracking open every one of those walnuts perfectly. Just cracked it right around the seam, put the money in there, and then hot glued it back together. And so after digging into it a little more, we found that that present was a whole lot more valuable than we had originally assumed. And there are some gifts from God that we can take the same way. We may hear something about His grace or about His sovereignty or hear a particular text or a Bible story taught unlike anything, a way that we had heard before. And initially, we may hear that and go, whoa, wait a minute. This isn't the way I'm used to hearing this. I've never heard this about Jesus before. I've never heard this story taught like that. And so we're a little hesitant to fully accept it. But then the more that we dig into it and we find out that it really is true, the more of an incredible gift we realize that The Holy Spirit has just given us. Because you see, Christianity isn't about just getting saved one day and in the rest of your life you are going back to that one experience. Your salvation was like that very, the very first part of Christmas morning and then the rest of it is like being able to open more presents throughout the rest of the day. The rest of our lives get to be spent discovering new things that make us fall more and more in love with Jesus. On the night Jesus was born, the angels announced one of these gifts to the shepherds. It was in the text that we just heard read in the video clip. In verse 14 of Luke 2, where the angels said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Many have mistakenly taken that to mean that Jesus came to bring peace throughout the whole entire world and to give peace to every human being. But we know that that can't be true because ever since that day, there has been nothing but chaos and strife and fighting and anger and killing all over the world. There has been anything but peace. 
But that assumption comes from the fact that it's the King James Version of it that's quoted the most, which says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, goodwill toward men. That version, for some reason, leaves out an important phrase that was included in the original text. It leaves out the phrase that the NIV translates as, Peace to those on whom his favor rests. And the ESV and the New American Standard says, Peace among those with whom he is pleased. Which tells us that Jesus didn't come to bring peace to everyone. He came to bring it to just a select few. Those whom have his favor. Only those who he is pleased with. And it's not the kind of peace that means no stress or anxiety or chaos in your life at all. It means being at peace with God. Because you see, the Bible says that apart from Christ, you and I are enemies of God. Destined to receive his wrath for our sin. But through faith in Jesus, we are no longer his enemies, but we are made children. His children spared from his wrath, believing that Jesus absorbed it for us. The angels announced that Jesus came to make peace between God and those whom he is pleased with. Those whom he is not pleased with, they remain his enemies. Well, how do you know if he's pleased with you or not? Well, this is where we get to unwrap this amazing gift this morning. And many of us might take this to mean that the way to be at peace with God is for us to do something that really pleases Him, impress God in some way. And the times that He is not pleased with us are the times that we are not being very pleasing, where we've done something that we know is not pleasing to Him. His pleasure with us is something that we often think we can fall in and out of at any given moment. On good days when we're acting good, we're in His pleasure and we have His favor. But on bad days that we're having, then we're out of His favor and He is not pleased with us. And so the tendency is to believe that as long as we can be good, then we're going to have God's favor and he's going to be pleased with us. That is a miserable way to live because I can tell you right now, it sure is hard to try to be good all the time when you know that you're really bad. You know it? What a burden it becomes to try to maintain goodness to have God's favor. The truth of the gospel says that you can't be good enough to earn God's favor. And so Jesus came to earn it for you. The only way God finds favor with you is because he finds favor with his son. And if you are in Christ, that means you are fully in God's favor and his pleasure. If you have trusted Jesus for salvation, God is pleased with you. Not because of anything that you've done but because of what Jesus has done. And since his favor hinges on Jesus and not on you, then it's not something you can just fall in and out of. The only way for you to fall out of God's favor is if Jesus falls out of it, and I don't believe that that's going to happen. Every one of us want to be pleasing to someone. We have this deep desire to hear the words from someone we admire, I'm pleased with you. I'm proud of you. And we will go to great lengths in order to hear that from those that we admire the most. One of the most painful things for us to hear are the words, I'm disappointed with you. 
You are such a disappointment. I'm so disgusted with you. And many people think that that's how God views them. And it would be how he views you if his view of you depended on your performance for him. On how you acted. But it doesn't really have anything to do with you and has everything to do with Jesus. His favor on you is a gift of his grace. If it was something that depended on you or something that you had to earn, then it wouldn't be a gift at all. But it's one of the greatest gifts that we have in Jesus. Some of you already already understand this. And it may be one of those memorable gifts that you remember receiving the first time that you came to this realization. But there are still some of you who haven't quite fully accepted this truth because you're still so hung up on you and your performance. But I'm telling you, just as a parent gets more joy out of seeing their children unwrap the gifts that they have given them, God wants to see you unwrapping this gift of his favor that he has given you. If your hope is in Christ alone, you have the Father's favor. He is pleased with you. You are totally at peace with him forever. Never for that to change. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those with whom he is pleased. If you have put your trust in Jesus for salvation, those angels were talking about you. You are one of the ones who is at peace with God. You are one of the ones that he is pleased with on whom his favor rests. What a gift. We're going to close this service by doing something this morning that we've actually never done since we've been in this building. Every one of you should have received a candle when you came in. If you didn't, raise your hand and one of the ushers will get a candle to you. Anybody not receive a candle? We've got one down here on the front, two back there, one here, over here. Hold your hand up until the ushers spot you. A couple things to keep in mind about this so that this is done as safely as possible. Please keep the candles away from your hair, number one. Uh, Another important thing is if your candle is lit, keep it upright at all times. Do not turn a lit candle sideways in order to light another one. How you light another candle is take the one that's not lit and lean it towards the upright one that is lit. Because if you lean the lit one over, the hot wax is going to drip on somebody and it can turn bad. So just be very careful and adults um, help out the children. In just a little bit, the ushers are going to come and they're going to light the candles on on the, the ones at the end of the row. And then as yours is lit, the one next to you, lean your candle over and light yours from the, the, the one that is lit. But before they do that, I want to read a text out of Isaiah. It's Isaiah chapter 9. 700 years before Jesus was born, the Holy Spirit moved on the prophet Isaiah, and he announced something about this gift that would come in Jesus. He said, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, 
mighty God, eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The Bible says that he is the light of the world. And then Jesus turned around and said that we are the lights of the world. What do you do when you receive a great gift? You want to tell other people about it, right? You want to go show your gift off. And so when we light these candles, it's a sign of the light, the gift that we have been given in Jesus that we spread to others. When these candles are lit, we are all going to sing together. When the music starts, I want to ask us all to to stand up together with our candles. We're going to bring all the lights down, and I want you to notice something. I'm sure you've heard this before, that darkness can never overtake light. Light is what overtakes darkness. So, yeah, go ahead and bring the stage lights down and the overheads. We're going to darken it out in here. We've got enough candles where everybody should be able to see pretty good.
going to ask y'all to join me in a closing prayer. And after I pray, I'm going to ask you to blow your candles out. And then we're going to sing one more song together. And then you will be dismissed. Let's all pray. God, we thank you so much for the greatest gift that we could ever receive. The gift of your son, Jesus. The gift of salvation. And being at peace with you. God, the gift of knowing that you are pleased with us. You have favor on us, not because of anything that we do, but because of what Jesus has done. Lord, I pray that that truth would come alive for somebody for the first time today. Lord, I pray that as we open physical gifts throughout this day, that it will keep on reminding us of the gift that we have been given in you. And Lord, I pray that as those who have received your light, we will let our light shine in this dark world that you may be glorified. In Jesus' name we prayed, and everybody said, Amen. Love y'all. Merry Christmas.